0: Oh, the energy's already high on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line on this Friday. I get the text line fired up, Parker, right when we start the show, and the first thing I see, I can't stand the Pigs. I hope they lose every freaking game. <laughs> Booma! That is what I am looking for. It's still a football Friday, right? We've got Army-Navy tomorrow. I, I'll still call it a football Friday. What, Whatever, I'm... I am down to hate on Arkansas today, even though a few on the text line got offended by that no more than an hour ago. But no, man, um, it's—we're getting there. I mean, we're 12 days away until the early signing day. Of course, we got the transfer portal going on. We'll get to your daily Eddie Pierre-Louis update, but it seems we have a second storyline to follow in the 2024 class. (laughs) That we do. I thought we just had one storyline to follow. 12 days until signing day. Nope, that's not the case because you had guys like Nigel Smith and others tweeting at Dom McKinley. It is very obvious that OU is making a push for the elite defensive lineman out of the state of Louisiana, out of Lafayette, Louisiana. So what are the, I guess, realistic expectations here for OU? Is Todd Bates going to do another visit this weekend or close to signing day? I mean, OU's making a final push here. I guess first, what are the chances that he didn't even end up in, in
1: Texas A&M's class? Because that's where he's currently committed. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: you have to, you always have to keep in mind whenever you're talking about a kid that's committed to A and M. What happens if he starts expressing to Texas A and M that he has the intention, or at least the is weighing the conceptual possibility of decommitting?
0: Oh, uh, yeah! That you're right. You're right. That's what. That's not enough zeros there. Let's go ahead and add <laughs> another zero to that number that we talked about a few months ago. Is that is that what you're getting exactly. at there? Huh?
1: Exactly. So, and look, you haven't figured this out by now. Guess what? Money talks. So i I have seen kids and families that I never thought would be swayed by the promise of significant financial compensation get swayed by the promise of significant financial compensation. So I am not going to sit here before you today and tell you that Oklahoma flips Dominic McKinley. What I will tell you is that if Dominic McKinley does not sign with Texas A&M, OU is very likely the destination. Can I
0: read or at least attempt to read between the lines a little bit on this situation? Sure. And, and I mean, okay, because here's here's kind of how I see it. If Todd Bates is indeed making his way down to Louisiana this weekend, I know OU doesn't play in a bowl game for 20 more days, but I mean, wouldn't you say that there's a lot going on with OU in the portal with defensive line recruiting that they're trying to shore up? I mean, that's a big thing for them this off season. I, I guess I'm just reading between the lines here that you don't feel like you, you at least you you've got it to at least think that there's somewhat a chance if you're going to devote that time as a defensive line coach to go down 12 days before signing day and try to make something happen. I mean, is that, is that like a fair assumption there? If you're making that effort this close to signing day that, yeah, don't get your hopes up, but you think that there's,
1: you know, somewhat of a realistic situation where that could happen. 1,000%. I mean, those relationships are deep-rooted. Dominic McKinley took an official visit to Oklahoma. He has been to Norman – on numerous occasions, OU was the runner-up when he committed to Texas A&M back in. What was that? I think that was the 1st of September. So it's not as if Bates is going out on a limb trying to coax Dominic McKinley into flipping less than two weeks before signing day. No, Bates understood. Oklahoma was close, really close. Uh Uh-oh. I know, (laughs) I know. (laughs) But, like, they were a very close second to Texas A&M in that race. And naturally, with all the turmoil that has overturned everything in College Station over the last month since Jimbo Fisher was fired, you know that, okay, even if even if this doesn't pan out, even if A&M just says, okay, yep, yeah, we'll throw another zero on the check and we'll get you to stick around, okay, whatever. But when you have a kid that talented that would be that impactful of an addition to your class – That you know you were the number two for, and there are some circumstances that have arisen that have given him a reason to maybe not doubt the fit at his number one, but become less confident in it. It would be irresponsible not to follow back up with that kid. Yeah.
0: And Dominic McKinley, we talked a lot this week about the new Rivals 250, their updated rankings earlier this week. Um, He had to make one of the biggest jumps for some, he was out of the top 100, according to Rivals. And he went up 63 spots all the way to number 54 overall player in the class. So if, if, if OU were to, to get Dominic McKinley in this class, again, I'll say it one more time, if that were to happen, uh-huh. he would be your one, two, three, fourth highest rated player in this class, according to rivals, your second highest rated defensive player. So there's a there's a big priority on this one. Todd Bates definitely going to sh- uh, shoot his, his shot right here with, with Dominic McKinley. If you feel like you got a chance, he's right around a top 50 player nationally. Defensive tackle, six foot six, 270 pounds is what Rivals has him as. You, you, you take your chances here if you think you have a shot. In and the- what an epic recruiting story that would be if he makes something happen here down the stretch. Man.
1: The Todd Bates haters would be in shambles. Yeah, they wouldn't be on the text line anymore. Last mm-hmm. week before signing day or even on signing day, Todd Bates flips a guy that I believe
0: Ooh. is a composite five-star. I know on rivals he's a four star.
1: I don't yeah. know. I'll let me let me go look on that. See if he's composite I, or not. I think he's a composite five star. Um, in the midst of all of this, a nine one eight listener says, "Why are we hating pigs again?" Because why wouldn't you hate pigs? They just they're a fun school to hate. You live in the nine one eight. You should you should know the drill.
0: That's the real battleground for the OU Arkansas. Uh, I'm doing quotations. Here. Rivalry is. I think Arkansas wants to create a rivalry, but I don't know. Just a you know. Fun program, fun fan base to make fun of and, and dislike quite a bit. Uh, okay, you better not read that one, all right? No one's reading that one from the 501. Trying to uh-huh. get my attention,
1: and they almost did.
0: It said Tyler loves Missouri on the I front mean, part hey, of that text.
1: What, the, the text line is competitive. You want your text to get read? Sometimes <laughs> you got to lead with an eye-opener like that. Uh, Monster Truck Guy, if we
0: play Oregon next year in a bowl game, are OU fans, are OU fans supposed to chant, Dylan, Dylan, is he referencing what UCF fans I were doing? I think so. Yeah, because I thought I heard them doing that during the game this year, yep. chanting that when OU was on offense. Uh, Nine one eight. I love me some bacon. Woo pig. Not so much. Lost city sooner. Drive to Arkansas and see how they treat OU fans. I hate them too. So there. It's this is not Todd Bates Positivity Hour. This is Arkansas hate hour is what this is uh, turning into. I'll I'll keep it going. You guys want to do Arkansas hate hour since OU and the Hogs are playing tomorrow in Tulsa? How about this? I did a rough draft right before the show. Okay. Because I'm an SEC guy right now, as are you, and we have an SEC text line. Um, I've got my three most hated coaches in the SEC, regardless of sports. And it goes like this. At number one. Of course, it's Eli Dorkowitz up there at Missouri. Right? <laughs> I mean, come on, who else? Who else would it be? Eli Drinkwitz at one. Kim Mulkey. Oh, who, I mean, who else just can't stand Kim Mulkey, LSU women's uh, basketball coach at number two, and I've got Eric Musselman at number three on my list. I, I do. I do not like Eric Musselman. I think he's a punk. Head coach for Arkansas basketball. Isn't he like five seven? Uh, on a on a good day, I think. Yeah, yeah. Likes to take his shirt off a lot. Likes to get ejected when his team's getting ran out of the gym. Musselman makes my top three. What What do you think of that? How would uh, you get a rough draft top three text line? I'm going Dorkowitz one, Kim Mulkey two, Eric Musselman three.
1: I wonder how many Jeff Lebby texts we're about to oh get boy. here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. LaDonna from Lubbock says, Yelling Dylan is such a tech thing to do. Yeah, it really – well.
0: At least UCF fans showed up. they uh, That's thats more than what Tech fans normally do. No, normally they don't even uh, show up. Uh, no Coach Cal, you drinking. I, Coach Cal is honorable mention. But no, Every, I'm not drinking. I wish Calipari. I was.
1: Everybody's saying Calipari. Somebody else also said, so you're insinuating that you don't hate Mike White anymore?
0: Uh, God, I forgot he's an <laughs> SEC coach now. Man, okay, let me revise this list and get back to you. God, it's going to be tough to keep that dork, Mike White, off the list, man. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Coach Cal is on here, though. He's I, I think he's getting the uh, number one votes uh, by, by most people right now. Uh, 918 says, I live in northwest Arkansas nowadays. I've been hating the Hogs for a long time. They think they are awesome because they are in the SEC.
1: S. Rob Booman says, just live in Tulsa and you hate Arkansas. Arkansas does seem like the school that more so than anybody else in the conference kind of rides the SEC's coattails as a collective. Like they're almost prouder of the fact that they are an SEC program than they are the University of Arkansas. I There's there, more pride in the conference than the university. Sure. And
0: they are the first fan base that would come up to you and say, You're not gonna win a game in the SEC! Like I, no, I, they they know they've done that several times. I went on an Arkansas radio show this morning in uh, Fort Smith, and they were asking about expectations next year. I'm like, look, the expectations are, everyone recognizes the challenge, but everyone still, I mean, the expectations are still going to be high next year. It's 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 OU. Like that's not, no one's going to be rolling in there thinking six and seven or seven and five. And I'm sure the Hall text line, which is blowing up, Oklahoma, they'll go 4-8 in the SEC. That's
1: the program that would do that the most. Yeah. Well, because they're accustomed to going 4-8 in the SEC. So they probably see Oklahoma as equal, as on the same plane as their program. They just don't play an SEC schedule. So they get 10 wins a year instead of four. Uh li- Dude, text line is going off yeah, right now, man. Dang. Another 918 listener. It's a lot of it's a lot of 918 listeners dissing the hogs, <laughs> yeah. which you would yeah. co- which you would expect. This one says only the <laughs> reason Piggy Piggy is in the SEC is because the SEC can't get rid That's of it.
0: That's true. Them. Yeah. That's 100% man. 405, 1 Kirby Smart, 2 Nick Saban, 3 Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. Do you dislike Nick I mean, he wins a lot. I do not
1: dislike Nick Saban.
0: No. He's showing his person. I mean, there's still not a ton of personality there. Sure. But what he has to offer, he's shown a
1: lot more of it over the course of the past two years. So. I just, I have no explicit reason to dislike Nick Saban. Unless you dislike guys who win. I, I, I don't automatically dislike guys who win. I just think Saban is a no-nonsense, old-school football coach, and I can respect that. Luke from Dallas says,
0: no particular order. Drink, Kelly, whoever coaches the Aggies. That's that's <laughs> great. I uh, Man, you guys really threw me. Coach Cal is a good one. He's definitely honorable mention, but Mike White's got to be in there somewhere. Mike White might be number one, honestly. You call out the queen. You call out Patty Gasso. Woo! I was feeling the hate last year on Mike White, buddy. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Mike White might be my number one. Mike White is the only one that's more um, that, that's more hated for me than uh, than Dorkwitz there at Missouri. But Kim Mulkey's still in the top three. That ain't going to change. 405-651-3439. Jeez. Text all over the place. We'll get to that. We can talk recruiting. We will. Transfer portal as well right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, Ref Army listening worldwide via the free KREF app. Brussels, Belgium is tuned in today. Wow, international, baby. Or would it be tonight there? Brussels, Brussels Belgium is oh, yeah, tuned in tonight. It's probably, yeah, it's probably late. Auckland, New Zealand tuned in this morning? I don't really know what the... What the uh, hour exchange uh, no, is. No, it is Saturday morning there. Miami, Florida, Great Bend, Kansas, Springville, Utah, Edna, Texas, Deerfield Beach, Florida. And since you responded to someone, in the text line, what is Norge? Norge, Oklahoma is our small town today. I live there for one year of my life. Really? Yeah. Uh, so I know what Norge is. Population 124 is Norge. 124? Ch- yeah, it's by Chickasha. It's like, it's not. And I guess it's technically a town, but I mean there is a school there, but not like a high school there. It's it's a it's a long story. It's it's our Never small town. Never in there. my life had I heard of Nords. Yeah, before most today. most people, most Oklahomans probably haven't. Uh, small town of the day brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. Proud garage door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. We'll talk more Dominic McKinley, more transfer portal, real quick though. There is a big time high school football game tomorrow night at UCO. Uh, You've got an OU target on one side, you got an OU commit on the other. I know it's not 6A one, but it doesn't need to be 6A one, 6A to be a big time high school football game. How about that Washington, excuse me, Washington Millwood game tomorrow night for a state championship? Who you like? Who you going with? I'm going with the team that won it last year that's and fair. with the same results Nate Roberts is going to score the game winning touchdown once again. Wow, okay. Yeah. I
1: like Washington too, but that should be an awesome game. I mean, as far as 2A in the state of Oklahoma or any other state for that matter goes, that's about as good of a state title game as you can ask for I mean, that's, between those two programs.
0: Uh, and just like just for the OU interest that's sure. there tomorrow yeah. night, um I did see Nate Roberts. I think it was after the semifinal game last weekend. And it doesn't have to mean anything, but was it drum that took a picture of him and he was throwing the horns down yeah. after the game? Needless to say, Joe John staying around here and Joe John getting a promotion, that does not hurt your chances with uh with Nate Roberts, the elite tight end in twenty twenty five. Not at all. I mean what do we well, we're going to be talking about a top 100 player nationally.
1: I think we're already. For, I mean, he's already top 100. Yeah,
0: I, I, but there'll be different rankings and shifts. But I, I feel pretty, pretty good, man. That that's he's going to end up being a top 100 player in the in
1: the 25 class. Dude's good. He'll be a top five tight end in the nation when the cycle wraps up. I would say, and most other years he'd be in contention for number one. You just got some really freakish athletic specimens. Lincoln Cure. DeSan, Brame, two guys that OU is in on, uh, but I mean the the amount of freakish tight ends you got in the 2025 class is probably going to prevent Nate Roberts from being number one in that regard. But man, he'll be top five. I feel strongly about that.
0: A lot going on in the portal right now, especially on uh, OU side, and it's it's clear they're they're aggressive right now going after some uh, some some running backs. And I guess the latest to talk about is Mario Anderson Jr. out of South Carolina. Uh, what do we need to know about OU's chances and what kind of player Mario Anderson Jr. is out of Columbia?
1: Yeah, he's a good ball player and has been a reliable contributor for South Carolina. Hasn't cracked the 1,000-yard barrier, but still a guy that the OU staff was very, very high on, uh, kind of looking around. Uh, even before he hit the portal, there was a an understanding behind the scenes that that entry was coming and he was a guy that OU pretty immediately identified, okay, this is this guy's high on our board. We would love to have him. So, expect OU to prioritize him. And as far as the pecking order of running back goes, like I I'm just not buying it on Trevor Etienne. I think more realistically, you end up with Mario Anderson in an OU uniform next year or Samuel Franklin in an OU. That's uniform an next
0: or, year. that's not an and there. Yeah, it's not an that's they, not They're an going to take one running back. you think this this portal cycle? Not, not two. I would say just one, just one, most likely. Yeah. Well, I, there, there's some some other interesting names out there. Still keeping um, still keeping an eye on Jalen Conyers, who OU is still uh, very much on right now. Andrew Makuba, the transfer earlier this week out of Clemson, will be visiting. Um, he'll be visiting OU, Texas, Oregon, and Ole Miss next week. But still, think Texas is the the leader there. The Austin kid going back home.
1: Yes, Texas is the heavy leader, and Brent Venables should get an immediate raise if he can convince Andrew Bakuba to be a Sooner because I'm not buying it with anybody else but Texas.
0: So Rivals has uh, some intel on just various players that are in the portal right now. We get a lot of text on Rayleigh Brown uh, from USC, and Rivals says that uh, Oregon, UCLA, and Miami – are three to definitely watch. And they list some other schools, uh, SMU, A&M, South Carolina, Houston, Arkansas. They list about 12 different schools, and there's no mention of OU when it comes to Rayleigh Brown. And they mainly list Oregon, UCLA,
1: Miami, like I said. Yeah. That makes sense. Kid is about the glitz. Oregon and UCLA, two West Coast schools. Obviously, Miami is Miami. And if attention and bling is your thing – South Beach makes a lot of sense for Rayleigh Brown. One of our
0: favorite names in the portal right now. It was initially our favorite name until old Pooh from uh, Arkansas came along, right? But Thor Griffith, the defensive lineman from Harvard, uh, we've talked about him a lot throughout the past week. Rivals is saying that uh, Louisville, UCLA, and Oregon State have made the biggest impression. But things could change if others get uh, involved. Looks like he's going to visit Louisville this weekend.
1: Yeah, and... That underscores a that note right there from the team at Rivals underscores a reality that everyone ought to square with as we find our as we find ourselves amidst the throes of portal madness right now. things can change so quickly because, again, I will go back to it. When you think about the recruiting process for a lot of these athletes, it is it takes place over the course of one and a half, two, even three years. So, Do things change quickly in the recruiting world? Sometimes they do, certainly. But more often than not, those changes that occur, those shifts in the sands, as it were, happen over a bit more extended period of time. In the portal man, you're dealing with a matter of a few weeks before a kid has to figure out where he's going to be attending classes. So everything, everything can change on a dime.
0: Jamori Macklin, the wide receiver out of North Texas, he was a 1,000-yard receiver this year, 11 touchdowns, 57 catches. He is getting significant interest since getting in the portal uh, with LSU. LSU showing a ton of interest. Kentucky, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and South Carolina are uh, next with the most involved. He'll be at Kentucky this weekend and then LSU next weekend, and that might be the visit to watch the most, uh, according to rivals. But LSU wants them a portal wide receiver, and they've uh, set their sights on the North Texas uh,
1: transfer. Yeah. LSU probably leads there for the moment. Oklahoma hasn't offered yet. If they do, I think they will be tough to beat because obviously Seth Latrell is his former head coach, the yep. one who helped to recruit him in North Texas. So, uh, again, Oklahoma has been a little bit reticent in the way that they have approached a lot of portal wide receivers because the plan up front was, okay, we're not going to take one. Then, you know, things got shuffled around. I think losing a guy like Dalen Smothers, the portal that maybe you weren't counting on, caused you to reevaluate the numbers a little bit. And they did process a couple more guys that they were on the fence about. So there is there is room to take a portal receiver at this point if the Sooners truly want to. But, again, I still think it's got to be a game It's going to have to be a
0: dude, man. Yeah. Going to have to be a dude. Going to have to be a game changer. Not a You're not taking piece. a body
1: just for the sake of taking a body.
0: Uh, okay, by the way, on Mario Anderson, the uh, the running back out of South Carolina, uh, of course he's received an offer from OU. Washington, USC, Wake Forest, Cal, and Indiana have also expressed interest. So, so that's some of the other names there that we're talking about uh, for Mario Anderson. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Guy from Parts Unknown says, Is there any scenario... Where Tawie Walker comes back or stays, however you want to put it. Uh, no, I don't believe there is. Yeah, It just doesn't feel like it, does it? We talked yesterday about Big Ten bound for Tawi. Yep. Which just feels like that makes a lot of sense. Adam from uh, Austin says, Wonder if DeMarco had some encouraging words for Ray Leak when he uh, decommitted to follow. Bumpster fire.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I hadn't thought about that. Ray Leak, I'm pretty sure he decommitted and flipped to USC. It, it might have been on the day that Muleshoe left. Man, that day it just so much happened. I don't even
0: remember the individual days where a lot of those prospects decommitted. It, it was just happening in bunches, man. It was just decommit, de- it, it, yeah, it was it was it was bad. But hey, 2 years later, all's good, right? All's good. Luke from Dallas says, "Are we setting ourselves up for heartbreak hoping uh DJ DJ Hicks uh, jumps
1: into the portal?" We're always setting setting ourselves ourselves up for for heartbreak, Luke. That's what this show's all about. Well, it depends on how emotionally invested you're getting. Again, DJ Hicks is not in the portal, and I have said if he were to get in the portal, it would not be until after the bowl game in all likelihood. So that alone should tell you, don't get too emotionally invested in the potential of DJ Hicks being a Sooner, yet postpone that until January, and then we'll see where things stand. So, I, just, I, just, yeah, I don't know. Are you setting yourself up for heartbreak, Luke and Dallas? Do you it, Luke. Tell you tell do me. Do it, Luke. Let's go.
0: Ride the emotion this holiday season. What's what's the worst that can happen? Drew from Flower Mound says, South Carolina has a horrible offensive line. He could do a lot more damage with a Bill Bedenboe offensive line. And that yeah, is true. Yeah, their O-line was, that was, not, was not good last year. Spencer that Rattler f- found that out. Saw holidays. that in the first game of the year when they played North Carolina. In that uh, non-conference game, it was it was it was not good. Uh, okay, Sarks Vodka says excited to see Dom McKinley flip. Also, my Hicks
1: prediction will come to fruition in January. Listen, selfishly, <laughs> no one would love that more than me because that would be the most epic redemption arc of my career in the media industry. You think so? Yeah. I, yes. I mean, sixteen months having to wait sixteen months for DJ Hicks to be a Sooner. Oh, man. Delayed gratification. It would be
0: glorious. We're opening up the show that day. It's David Hicks Day. All right? Oh, boy. Get, get a mulligan from uh, that October day last year, September day, whatever it was. By the way, uh, an interesting observation on the 2024 class, and the rankings changed on rivals, which is really, the for the most part, why this has been the case. But every day since Tuesday, Parker, OU's recruiting ranking has changed. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that or not. On Tuesday, OU had the number six class. On Wednesday, OU had the number eight class. On Thursday, OU had the number nine class. Today, OU has the number eight class. So it is <laughs> every single day since Tuesday, their, their ranking has changed. I don't know. I, it's, the ranking shift, I guess that'll happen. Maybe some decommits probably, here and there. Probably going to
1: change again a week from today.
0: Uh, yeah, OEPL, number 28 player in Come the nation, according to, uh, you know, it, it, and it's, it's really nervous talking about getting hopes up. It's really a gamble to get there, but it really does feel like everyone's feeling pretty good about OU's chances with Eddie Pierre-Louis one week out from that announcement. It It feels like everyone's feeling really good about that. There's just been so many twists and turns on this one and UCF still has their or still has a visit left, right? Or they're going to visit with him in home visit yes. today. So, I it looks good right now. Got this one's taken so many twists and turns. Who knows? But most people still favor uh, OU to land EPL one week from today. Actually, uh 3 p.m. next week is, is oh, when that so one happens. Literally almost amazing. exactly a week yeah. from today. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Meyer Chevrolet Text Line. More portal, more cruton. next right here on the ref. Transfer portal updates brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Brent Swift will come personally look at your home. 405 831 8222 That's Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Portal entries today. Isaiah Nair at Texas, uh, one of the biggest names out there today, and he wasn't a huge contributor this year, but he was supposed to be going into the 2022 season. Remember how much they made of that transfer portal edition? He, um, he was leaving Wyoming. Texas thought he was going to be a big part of the offense in 2022, and what, he tore his ACL right before the season started, and it just never worked out for him in Austin. So Isaiah Nayer in the portal today. He's got two years of eligibility
1: left. I wonder where he ends up. I don't know. Uh, Is it going to be P5? I guess it could be. More realistically, he probably has to drop back down to the G5 ranks just because he was really productive at Wyoming. But, you know, you go to Texas for two years, experience a major injury, and don't really make a productive dent. I would imagine the pickings aren't necessarily going to be slim, but he's not going to have every school in the country hitting him up. Scott T says, think
0: I got relegated to a one-star texter. Can't get one read this week. Scott T, you were not a one-star texter. I promise you that. You're at least a two-star. Um, he says, someone tell Ronnie Crimson to flip and start tweeting at Dom McKinley. Yeah, the uh, the Williams-Wenaire stuff, and, and Ronnie's trying his hardest. He really is. Just doesn't feel like that one's uh, that one's necessarily going to happen. Yeah. So, Ronnie, you got to get back on it next next uh, cycle in I 2025. I saw this. Drew from Flower pointed point out, South
1: Florida just flipped a tight end from Tennessee. Saw that
0: during the break, Wild. actually. Yeah. South um, Florida. Jonathan
1: Eccles? I guess that does make sense because South Florida's head coach is former Tennessee offensive coordinator Alex Golish, who was involved in Eccles' recruitment to Knoxville. So...
0: Guy that promised us the case of Pop if Rattler is drafted by the third round. If McKinley flips, it'll be to LSU, not the University of Oklahoma.
1: How's LSU feeling right now yeah, d- about yeah, their I, chances? I, I disagree with that. I think if McKinley flips, it would be to the University of Oklahoma. I think he signs with either the Aggies or the Sooners. What's OU's real, um, I don't know if you want to say their
0: edge, but the thing that OU has in its corner is, that you say, okay, it's
1: not a 0% chance because of this. Is it just Todd Bates? Todd Bates and the fact that mom loves OU. And moms aren't undefeated like girlfriends are, but moms have a pretty solid batting average when it comes to decisions. And so especially with everything that has changed at A&M since McKinley committed there, I, I think OU's got a legit shot I, again. I'm not saying I favor them to Flip McKinley, but OU is in the best position to Flip McKinley from Texas A&M than any other school is. 405, are these transfer portal visits considered OVs, and do they get five of those? (laughs) Some of them are OVs. Some of them are not. Uh, The reality is very rarely will you have a transfer that has time to take... Five official visits. So I, I assume there is that limit. I guess I don't know for sure. Well, but, but in
0: recruiting now, they can take an unlimited amount of official visits. That's now true. a school only has a certain amount that they can host. But the kid, like I, I would guess, if a kid, a, a high school kid, can take twenty OVS if he wants, that a, maybe a portal kid can go all around, load up his buddies in a car,
1: you know, and what drive I, around
0: the country and go to up, You know what I would
1: do if I were Caleb Williams? I would enter the portal take every OV under the sun, and then announce that I'm entering the draft. Well,
0: just take OVs that there there will be sun available to him. Well, sure, Like Arizona State would be a good start. Gunny says, what do you guys think about this? First play of the Alamo Bowl, DG takes the snap, and it's a jet sweep pass from Arnold to Anderson for a 75-yard touchdown. That's a brilliant – Submission there, Gunny. That is how we officially bridge into the Jackson-Arnold era is by a jet sweep Hand You pass off. the torch <laughs> via
1: a jet sweep.
0: <laughs> Win the toss. We want to receive. We will take the ball. First play of the game, DG, jet sweep to Arnold. Arnold throws a touchdown pass. He walks off the field, standing ovation. Thank you, Dylan! And then it's the Jackson-Arnold era officially. That's, uh, that's, that's brilliant. I like that a lot. Um, Jeff from OKC says, "I feel like I've been pretty hot on the text line today. Can I get my first official ranking?" You know, Jeff is on here every single day, multiple times per day. I'm
1: I'm good with a a solid four star right oh, now wow, for four Jeff. four star. We're jumping yeah. all the way there. Huh? I, I mean, he's he's I was he's been I around was gonna for say, a while. I was going to say high three. We'll debut you at a high three, Jeff. The committee will discuss whether you get bumped to, to blue chip status in the next rankings update. Kw the nine one eight. All the
0: turmoil in Aggie land this offseason. If OU can't flip a single A and recruit or portal player after all the recruits they've taken from OU, that's pretty dang sad. Well, I mean, how many of those are they truly interested in? That would be. I mean, the one that they'd be interested in the most isn't even in the transfer portal right now. Now, I think they'd be interested in Basantis, potentially, sure. the former five-star offensive lineman. Everybody is. But I don't think that we're talking about eight or nine players from A&M in the portal that OU's interested in exactly. at this point. Exactly. Like two, They're three, not maybe? They're interested
1: in LT Overton.
0: Which she's going to uh, – no, Walter Nolan's going to Oregon this weekend. That's who's going yeah, to man. Oregon. <laughs> Shocker, huh? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, yeah LT. Overton. Look, here's what you got to – Here's what you got to keep in mind with the whole LT Overton deal, because we've had people asking, why isn't OU making a move? Why aren't they making a push for LT Overton? Well, first off, LT Overton hasn't done a whole lot of anything at Texas A&M over his first two years there. Has he lived up to his billing as a five-star group? No, he has not. And also, when you take LT Overton, you're getting a sidecar in Micaiah Overton, his older brother. Wherever one goes, the other goes. Micaiah has quite literally done nothing. In five years, Just hanging out over of there, the sidelines, football, drinking so, all the
0: Gatorade during the game.
1: So, if you are in a numbers crunch, as OU is, are, like, theoretically, mm-hmm. you could make room for a guy like Makaia by giving him an NIL PWO thing. But the thing is, that's kind of what OU offered to do the first time around yeah. with Makaia Overton, and that was frowned upon by the family. He ends up going to AM. So, for a lot of reasons. No, OU and LT Overton are not going to re-engage.
0: This is the nicest thing that's uh, that's been said on the text line today uh, from the 501. Gunny, hope you're listening. Only someone as stoned as Gunny could come up with something that brilliant. <laughs> and I, I agree with that. 615 from the state of Tennessee. Prior to Saban arriving in Alabama, they were in a similar spot to where we are as a program now. How was Saban able to grow them into what they are today, and what lessons can we learn from that? I Was OU at a similar spot when Saban took over Alabama? Uh, I think OU is maybe in a little bit better of a spot. They are. I, I mean, Alabama lost to UL Monroe that first year. I, I, I think there's a lot of lessons to learn, and that's a good text. Um, but one thing that I've always thought is – When OU is able to win that next national championship, you have got to cash in on it, man. You've got to cash in on it. That's exactly what Alabama did. They almost got there in 08. They got beat by Florida in the championship game, came up a little short. They came back in 09, won the title, and what did they do after that, Parker? It was a boom in recruiting in Tuscaloosa, man. And they cashed in on the recruiting front. They got hot. They stayed hot. Um, They just rode the wave of momentum. And I Sabin's a robot. He's one of, if not the greatest coaches college football's ever seen. But winning that first national title, man, that's they you gotta capitalize and they and they did that. Florida State, not so much. Clemson did, Georgia has, but Alabama capitalized more than anyone.
1: Yeah, it comes down to structure and culture more so than anything else. Obviously a prerequisite for any championship contender is you got to have good evaluation of talent, great coaching, and the players got to buy in, right? But I think it can be summed up in two things: structure and culture. And when I talk when I'm talking structure, I'm talking about how the program is, well to borrow a term from Brent Venables, the alignment within the program. You got to have a clear hierarchy, you got to have everybody on the same page, you got to have guys that are willing to execute their responsibilities and not infringe upon those of others. And there was never any question from the time that Nick Saban took the reins at Alabama who was in charge. Yep. It was the Nick Saban show. And they didn't and sell their
0: soul for a championship
1: No, either. they did not. They did it the right way. They And listen, that program did everything the right way and has continued to do everything the, the right way. It's why they've been the most consistent program in college football for 15 years is because they have good leadership. They have a good competitive culture. And they have a coach who is not going to kowtow to the whims of teenagers. They have a coach who is going to put his foot down and say, okay, you're going to do it my way or you're going to leave. You think about some of the players that Nick Saban has chased off at Alabama over the years? There have been some talented dudes that never cracked it at Alabama, not because they weren't good enough, but because... They were not willing to submit to Nick Saban and, and the leadership within that program. Peyton says, I feel like everyone but LSU cashes in well,
0: LOL. Yeah, LSU, Auburn didn't in 2010. Uh, Florida State didn't when they won it in 2013. There's been a few, but yeah, recently Alabama's done a fantastic job. Georgia and even Clemson. It kind of feels like that run is eh, coming to an end if it's not over already, but there initially they were they were doing some nice things. is the text line. Final segment of Locked In coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Half-price oil changes on Saturdays at Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. And I believe we were even talking about it yesterday, about how California still a power state in recruiting but not top 3 anymore. It's been that way for the past few years. Yeah. Well, um how about this? In the Rivals 250 released this week, states with the most prospects in the 2025 Rivals 250. Texas is at number 1, naturally, with 42 of the top 250 in 25 tracks. Florida is next at 38. Georgia is next at 32. Yep. California at 24. So California continues to be fourth when it comes to blue-chip prospects in recruiting. And
1: it doesn't feel like that's going to change either. Georgia surpassed them. It also doesn't feel like a lot of those guys are going to end up playing for the Mecca of college football. Mm. Wow, well, judging by the past two years, yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely yeah. the case. By the way, I'm about to get off the air, and I'm going to drive back down to Dallas and watch Michael Hawkins again tonight. You know what's astonishing, like truly astonishing? That he's still rated a three-star by some people? That, yes. But also, his high school, Frisco Emerson, competes at the 5A level in the state of Texas. Texas goes up to 6A. So it's not tip-of-the-top competition, but it's pretty dang close, right? And that Frisco Emerson program is in its third year Mm -hmm. as a school. Yep. Second year of playing varsity football. Crazy. He has them two wins away from a state title. State semis. Who do they have in the state semis tonight? It's South Oak Cliff. Ooh, okay. Which is going to be a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you follow they the recruiting at off. all,
0: and, and, like, there's some schools that you hear, like, ooh, okay. South Oak Cliff is, yeah, they'll, they'll have some dudes roaming around. They beat Lovejoy 42 mm-hmm. nothing last week. game.
1: So... And we know Lovejoy's got some players. Yeah, exactly. Dang. So, tall okay. task tonight for Michael Hawkins, but what a statement it would be if he could lift Emerson to a berth in the state title game with an upset of South Oak Cliff tonight.
0: Almost forgot our uh, daily EPL, daily Eddie Pierre-Louis updates. One week from the day, he's going to be committing, and UCF's got an in-home today, or is he on campus at UCF today? What's, what's the It's an in-home. In-home it's visit in-home. Yeah. For, uh, for Eddie Pierre-Louis. So, one week from the day, he'll announce it. 3 p.m. in the gymnasium of his high school, and OU's got the number 8 class right now, according to rivals. That might be good enough to bump them up to uh, 7, maybe even uh, 6. But we're getting close. 12 days until the early signing period. 12 days. And as we monitor Eddie Pierre-Louis down the stretch, I I guess throughout the weekend we'll also be monitoring Dom McKinley and what happens there. If there's any scuttlebutt that oh, Todd Bates really made a move, um, this is a – It's a big weekend for OU's chances. It feels like this one could go down all the way to signing day. Like, maybe he never Uh decommits from Texas A&M, but this is going to be one that we'll be talking about and probably maybe the most talked-about prospect for OU on signing day
1: uh, in in this year's cycle. And the Sooner staff has done that on numerous occasions. Obviously, everybody remembers Peyton Bowen, but there were several guys that didn't officially decommit from a school. They just signed with OU on signing day. I believe that's what Grayson Halton did. I know that's what R. Mason Thomas did. Uh, our, uh, Jamarian Burt, mm-hmm. he did that as well. I wonder where Jamarian Burt landed. I have no idea. We'll Zero look into clue. that. Now I'm curious. Jamarian Burt, where well, is he these by days? By the way, you had an
0: interesting nugget earlier on uh, Kelvin Gilliam, now that he's in the portal on that 21, 2021 class. Muleshoe's last full class. How many remaining members of that class are still on the roster? Ethan Downs and who else? Danny, Ethan Dow, uh, D- Danny Stutzman, I mean, we'll count him because he's going to finish his career here one way or the other.
1: Is there anyone else from the 21 class? It's Stutz, Downs, Farouk, Billy Bowman, Isaiah Coe. Those are the five of the six. By the way, Man. I just looked it up via the interwebs. Oklahoma might not have beaten the Pokes this year, but Jamarian Burt did. He's at South Alabama now.
0: Wow, congratulations. He won out in the end there at South Alabama. All right, uh, The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.